the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives captives free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give love a chance. Give love your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with a special guest. We've had him on the show before, but so grateful to have Roy, Roy Goble on the line here that is uh, in the studio here with me, who is the author of um, two wonderful books. We're going to talk today about Salvaged. Um, but he's also the author of Junkyard Wisdom. Um, and just to give you a little bit of Roy's background, he grew up working in his father's junkyards in San Jose, uh, moved to a cattle ranch in Sonol when he was 12, and uh, lived in the Bay Area for all of his life and and has gone on to be a very successful real estate um, investor, uh, growing his real estate business and also uh, a um, a leader of leaders of the, of, of the sorts. And so he's going to talk to us about some of the nuggets that he got uh, in growing up in, on a junkyard in San Jose, of all places, right, in the middle of Silicon Valley. And I think that's the irony, right, that you really point right. out in your book, Junkyard Wisdom, as well well as now salvaged, which we're going to explore a little bit and make sure that everyone sort of understands the heart that you uh, bring to these books. And um, I, I, as I was saying to you before we started, I find it refreshing and um, and a really great ironic twist. So thank you for that. Um, and thanks for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. After the first time, I thought, well, I don't know if I'll ever be allowed back on the show again. But <laughs> here we are. It's yeah, great. That's right. It's wonderful. Absolutely. Well, it was just time. So um, just thinking a little bit about, so your, your book, Junkyard Wisdom, was really about um, illuminating sort of the irony of living in Silicon Valley where there is so much wealth and and at the same time there it being a place where there is a lot of need and a lot of people vulnerable people uh, living in you know right there uh, in the same location and that just the importance of um, valuing people that's what I got from it yeah. valuing people even in their um, even when they are having a hard time, even when um, the world has treated them as junk, quite right. frankly, right? right? 
Right. And so maybe just tell us a little bit about uh, your experience, uh, you know, in growing up in that in the junkyard in your father's junkyard in San Jose. And then and then where where you've now taken it with your book salvaged. Yeah, well, thanks. Um, yeah, I did grow up in my dad's uh, junkyards. They were um, mostly in the San Jose area, Santa Clara County, but there were a few in the East Bay as well. And there was always this interesting tension um, because as I was growing up, Silicon Valley was becoming Silicon Valley. Right. And so we had this land where we had all these wrecked cars on it. And it turned out, you know, this is valuable land today. Um, so somewhere in the um, late 70s, uh, dad uh, came to me and said, let's transition the company from uh, junkyards to more of a focus on the real estate development side. Um, so we had some real success. Uh, and again, because Silicon Valley was becoming Silicon Valley. Um, so then at a young age, I, I was successful and, and wealthy. And there was this weird tension going on of, hey, I came from the junkyard. Mm-hmm. Yet now I have the, the funds to, to live in a nice house and have a nice car. Um, and it, it was this weird tension that was going on in, in our life, my wife and my life. Um, and we tried to live intentionally to break down those walls that are created by wealth mm-hmm. um, and to reach out to those in need in the community. Mm-hmm. That's led to the second book, Salvaged, which is more focused on leadership lessons. Uh, and, you know, a lot of us don't think of ourselves as leaders. Um, but in reality, um, we are all leaders because we all have influence. Now, some of us lead really large organizations. Some of us just lead household. Yep. Um, but we all have leadership uh, skills that often go untapped. And I wanted to write some humorous stories from my days in the junkyard in the book Salvaged mm-hmm. and then bring out the leadership lessons that come from these everyday, often humorous experiences so that we can see we don't have to learn leadership lessons from the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies or, or from leadership gurus. We can learn it from the people we work with every day. Yeah. You know, I, I had this experience uh, over the weekend. I went to a women's retreat mm-hmm. and um, I brought with me some young ladies that, um, I, I, you know, I would imagine uh, just based on um, what I know about their families, they they weren't, you know, people who growing up went on camping trips or mm-hmm. even you know, exited out of their uh, Oakland is one of the cities that um, one of them was living in that made this ask me some questions. And I see that, you know, you in your bio there, you you grew up on a cattle ranch. And, yeah. and one of the things as we were driving by um, a, a cattle ranch, one of the young ladies who's from Oakland, um, she asks me, she's like, um, why do these people have all these this cattle? Mm-hmm. And, how, you know, what, what happens to them? And um, and I said, well, first of all, notice that she she was uh, she was admiring the fact that that cattle had uh, that that ranch had grass that the that the cattle was was eating. And when she drives down in the Fresno area, she she kind of contrasted when you go by those cattle ranches, it's just manure everywhere and it Mm. smells horrible and it looks terrible. (laughs) And so she was like, you know you know, what's the difference between the two? And, and she's evaluating it from an inner city perspective. Like, I I don't know anything about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And we began to talk about how you could actually order an entire cow if you wanted to and go to the rancher, right. And ask him for a cow and, 
and they would, you know, kill it there and mm-hmm. and and pack it up in some boxes, uh, send it home with you on dry ice, and then you'd put it in the freezer. And she was just, wow, you can do that. <laughs> yeah. And then she said, you know, and and do they take any of it to let's say like Safeway and things like that? And and um and so we just began to have this conversation. And I thought, you know, uh, you know, obviously I'm I'm about twenty years older than her. But I've also experienced a lot of life. I've traveled all over the world. I've been in, you know, senior positions at at, at high tech companies where I've had access to people right. who have these kind of privileges to yeah. be able to drive up to a farm and 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 buy a cow right. and then store it in an extra freezer. We don't realize how much of those types of conversations are really come from privilege. Yeah. They do. They and knowing, even just knowing why cattle is why someone has a hundred cattle and what they right. she thought they were her his pets. Yeah. She literally thought that until I began to say no, they they sell them online and to people and and this one is better than that one and here's why and and um we had a whole conversation about how, you know, one of the challenges in the inner city is that people are not getting good meat and they're not mm-hmm, getting mm-hmm, good produce mm-hmm. and good food and 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 she was just her it just really opened up yeah. a lot of of her thoughts. Yeah. And um, I'm so grateful that I, I was a safe person for her to ask because sometimes even in the, you know, when you're talking about people who are uh, living in these inner city um, situations, it's, you know, it's a fake it till you make it and be quiet and don't ask any dumb questions, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so you mm-hmm. never learn. Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the things that I, I, I try to do from an early age is realize, um, my goodness, I have amazing privilege. Yeah. And how do I share that in a way that doesn't create these really terrible power dynamics? Mm. And and how can I um, reach out to that young woman, for instance, yeah. or, or her re- feel comfortable reaching out to me so that we can have those kinds of conversations? It's it's really tough as yeah. I'm a white male, you know, that's like 60 years old now. And it's hard for me to say that. Yeah. But to have those kind of relationships. So my wife and I really tried hard to live a life that's intentional and in breaking down those walls. Yeah. Um, not always successfully. You can look at a whole list of things that I failed at. Yeah. But same at the same here. time, yeah. you, you still try. And, you know, we just, we still have that cattle ranch, actually. It's still uh, in the family. And we had um, a group of students from South Central mm-hmm. come out, uh, friend of mine, a pastor in South Central, was on a tour with these, I don't know, it's about 30 teenagers. And they came out and they were aghast at the horses and the cows. And you know, they, they just, they didn't know how to handle it. It was right. like mind blowing for right. them. And it was a really unique experience for me to see, man, because of my privilege, mm-hmm. I get an opportunity to to step into that. Yeah. That is so awesome. And, and yeah, so uh, I love that you did that. And we, we, you know, we're going to take a break, but we're going to come back and we're going to pull up a couple of your stories here. And maybe you can give a little uh, some cliff note uh, uh, summaries of the stories so that we can kind of get a feel for how the book reads. It, It looks like it's a lot of fun. We'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. 
We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We, again, are in the studio today with a special guest, Roy Goble, who is the author of Junkyard Wisdom and now salvaged uh, a second sort of follow-up book that talks about, explores 31 stories that were taken from Roy's experience while working in his father's junkyards as a boy in San Jose area. And so we're, we're going to kind of poke around in some of those, some of those stories and, and get a cliff notes version, if you will, of some of them. Um, uh, you know, from what I've read from the reviews of the book, um, it's, it's a, uh, one, one gentleman said that he really likes books that lay out a, a framework. Mm-hmm. And he said that instead of a framework, what you did was you came, brought 31 stories to life that speak to kind of the, a, a similar theme of, um, again, bridging this this gap between um, the the haves and have nots, if you will, and the and the the whole notion of being intentional mm-hmm. about reaching out to people who um, who need to come in and know that there are horses and cattle and, <laughs> you know, a variety of other things that are going on. Um, you know, one of the things that struck me in going to a farm was how hard farmers work, Yeah, how hard it is to produce, you know, cheese and milk and things like that. And um, when you start to think about how hard it is to produce something, I don't know, um, it just makes it that much more valuable. Yes. Right. That's right. It does. You start really appreciating the hard work that's behind the product. Yeah. And so and then, you know, contrasting it with some some things that are being done in mass. Right. So we know that there's an awful lot of farming and whatever else out there that is, you know, there's there's this sort of, um, um, you know, mass development, you know, using of steroids and mm-hmm. just the way that the, the whole just just money, money hungry sort of approach right. to farming, um, which doesn't produce the best outcomes. Right. Um, and certainly um, is, you know, not not the best life for the for the animal. And because um, there is a humane way to slaughter, you know, animals and right. so on. And and so. Um, it's really just interesting to kind of think about that and, and then marry it up with your own value system. Mm-hmm. And so thinking a little bit about that, um, I'm curious about 
this um, this chapter that you actually this one looks interesting. Gambling on answers. <laughs> What's that about? Uh, I just so, came from Las Vegas, so oh, I want to know you? all about. I didn't yeah. gamble, but <laughs> yeah. I, what, what is this one about? Leaders can't afford to assume they know all the results of their actions. Hmm. Right. Okay. Well, again, you know the the book is based on the premise that we can find leadership lessons in every situation. So this tells the story of my mom and my dad and I heading up to Lake Tahoe for, I think it was a weekend vacation or something. Mm -hmm. And this would have been in the 1960s. And my dad said, hey, there's a 99 cent all you can eat buffet at the casino. Let's go. Nice. And so we go and we stand in line. And of course, it's a casino. So you're never more than arm's length away from a slot machine. Mm -hmm. And my dad says, hey, Roy, I want to teach you a lesson. Mm -hmm. Now you have to understand, my dad hated gambling. He just thought it was terrible, waste mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. He pulls out a nickel and he slips it into the machine. He pulls the handle down and he hits a jackpot. I mean, the machine just goes crazy. Uh, lights wow. flashing, everything. The <laughs> whole casino looks over at him. And I'm laughing. My mom is laughing and I'm going, Dad, that's a great lesson. Teach it to me again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So the, the, the idea of that chapter is, you know, you never know the results of what you're going to do. And you th- you can think and you can plan and you can come up with all kinds of um, variables and think you're making the right decision. Hopefully you are. But sometimes you make a decision and you don't know what the result's really going to be. Mm. And I think as leaders, we need to embrace that and understand it um, and make sure we tell others that are working with us that, that that's entirely possible. Yeah. I see here one of your um, lines here is, uh, litigation attorneys have a rule when examining a witness in court, never ask a question if you don't know the answer already. Right, right. Why? Because unexpected answers can flip a trial on its head. And so it's this whole notion of um, we're moving in the direction we think you know is the right direction, but... Yeah, you just never know. You just never know. Right. And right. so your dad took a risk by, uh, he just knew he wasn't going to win. Right. Right. Exactly. He was sure of it. <laughs> yeah. He needed a He was going to for... teach you a lesson about gambling. What a yeah. waste of time yeah. it was. So the the big question everybody wants to know is, did he let you keep the money? Oh, no, no, oh. no, no. He actually, the only thing I had to do was count out the nickels when we got to the register to pay for it. He actually oh. paid for the whole thing in nickels. It was oh, very funny. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, so you know, so that's, that is um, it, great. And uh, just so you all know, um, we're talking each, each story is about a, a couple of pages long. So right. it's, it's a nugget, if you will. Um, and so um, excited about that. And about the messages that um, we can take home with us, those 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 golden nuggets we can take home with us. Um, well, so just want to map a little bit into, because I know you're also a man of God that it wants to um, create that a bridge there as well, right? So it's not just um, talking about leadership principles uh, for, you know, leadership's sake, but also bringing biblical pr- principles to light um, in leadership, right. And, That's right. and, uh, and drawing those connections. And so I, one of the scriptures that, um, I've just sort of had in my spirit lately is, um, Psalm one thirteen, And it says, you who serve God, praise God, just to speak his name is praise. Just to remember God is a blessing now and tomorrow and always from East to West, from dawn to dusk, keep lifting all your praises to God. And then it says, God is higher than anything and anyone outstanding, outshining everything you can see in the skies. 
Who can compare with God, our God, so majestically enthroned, surveying his magnificent and heavens, heavens and earth? And then it says here, he picks up the poor from out of the dirt and rescues the wretched who have been thrown out with the trash. Mm, Yeah. Beautiful. He seats them among the honored guests, a place of honor among the brightest and the best. And so he's talking, you know, here's this great God, right? right? So there's all this buildup of here's this great God and and then who reaches into the dirt Mm -hmm. and picks us up even though we were thrown out like trash. Right. And I say we because uh, I think I shared with you last um, last time you were on, you know, I, I come from a, a very difficult background. Um, I was a foster, uh, I was in foster care as a baby. Um, you know, I experienced poverty and homelessness and all of those things. And, you know, and then a great deal of financial success as an mm-hmm. adult. And so um, you can make the mistake, having come from my background, of uh, thinking you've arrived Right. When you um, when you get to where you're going um, until you understand that um, it is God who pulled you out of the trash. Right. And with purpose. Right. Um, and that great God saw you, you know, sitting there in that pile of rubble and said, oh, no, no, no. This one is not, you know, this is not throw away. That's right. Yep. The, so. the corollary in the, in the junkyard would be we valued the wrecked cars for their parts. So a car would come in and we'd look at it and say, well, the engine is worth this much and the, the doors are worth that much and so forth. And we'd come up with a price and we'd throw the rest away. Mm. And that's appropriate for the junkyard. But in real life, if you take that perspective towards people yeah. and you just start value, valuing them for their parts, you're not being godly. Yes. Yeah. So just thinking about some industries that um, that are known for that sports Mm -hmm. is one of them where, you know, there's just so much focus on how fast a person is. Or that's why I like there's a show on the sports network. Right. That's that talks about the lives of the players. Is it 40? I can't remember. I'll look it up. Yes, 30 for 30. Yeah. Uh, that's what it was, 30 for 30. And so that show I love because you get to see the fastest so-and-so, you know, uh, running back um, and know what his story is right. and that he's a husband right. and that he's a – he actually f- went to college that he – you know, or he didn't. And he has a learning disability right. and uh, all of those great things. So just really seeing people the whole, in, in their whole um, in their wholeness and yeah. all the value they bring. So we're going to take a break. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the context of human trafficking. Um, yeah. So we'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. 
My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. Uh, we are in the studio today with Roy Goble, who's sharing with us about his new book uh, titled Salvaged. And we're talking about the stories and really his story and the things that he's learned uh, during his journey and uh, that really talk about bringing value and bringing clarity to the value that we all have in this life. And um, one of the things that you touched on um, before we kind of talk about uh, human trafficking, kind of how this all relates to that, uh, I did want to touch on one of the things you mentioned, which is that struggle. I love that you oh, t- you brought yeah. that out, that struggle between having and feeling conflicted about having, you know, uh, being financially uh, well off or, you know, a, a successful. Um, and I, lately I've been d- doing some research about this whole thing, the imposter syndrome, right? right. And um, and just for the listening audience, um, the, you know, one of the definitions of that is the inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been le- legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or mm-hmm. skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I too – um, also uh, had that that sort of um, survivor's guilt hmm. at, from time to time where hmm. it's like, gosh, you know, how why did I make it? And some of, you know, the people that I grew up with didn't and make it meaning find, become financially uh, s- successful. Why did that happen? And um, and then, you know, the other contrast with that is, you know, giving God all the glory, right, for what you've achieved. Right. But then there is this this tendency that the world will say, well, you know, why did God use you and not someone else? And yeah. so, again, it still creates kind of like this a little bit of survivor sh- guilt or some of that syndrome starts coming into play. Uh, what do you what did what did you do with that? Yeah. the One of the things that we early on struggled with was, um, from a, from a financial point of view, you can, you can earn your money and you have say a thousand dollars and there's a, a a nonprofit that needs a thousand dollars and you're tempted to support that nonprofit. And then you start thinking, wait a minute, I can take that thousand dollars and invest it and in a couple of years have it at $2,000 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so you're, you're constantly kind of making those sort of judgment decisions. Mm -hmm. Then there's the, the tension of, um, those relationships that come up, um, you, you're you're wanting to hang out with people like you that look like you that think like you that are in your same economic class or your same social and economic class, whatever. And um, I don't think that's how God wants us to live. I think yeah. He wants us to be uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. And I, I think He wants us to embrace the actual tension. I describe it as wanting to wrestle with God. I think God loves it when we wrestle with him about our discomfort, when we wrestle with him about 
uh, having to make tough decisions. I don't. Sometimes I don't think he really cares too much what decision we make, so much as he wants us to wrestle with him over it. I think mm-hmm. that's how we grow spiritually, and I think that's how we grow close to God. Mm-hmm. So what you're describing is something that you've had to wrestle through, yeah. and you've had to, to work through that, and you've probably turned to God more times than you can count in the midst of that. Yes. And isn't that beautiful? That's wonderful. Yeah. That's part of our spiritual development. Yeah. No, you're you're spot on. and. And, 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 you know, come to think of it, it was actually when I was uh, placed in the gifted program in middle school, mm-hmm. that's when it, f- when it first started because I was like, I don't want to be smart because <laughs> everyone who's in the smart right. class doesn't look like me. Yeah. And I feel uncomfortable. Right. And, um, you know, also didn't have my experience, you know, like I didn't have both my parents and, mm-hmm. and a lot of mm-hmm. them did. And mm-hmm. so it was like, I feel... I feel inadequate in their presence. Yeah. I feel insecure. Um, and so I had to grapple with that. But I think the way that I dealt with it was to pretend until, you know, until I came to the Lord, because I wasn't, I wasn't saved growing up. My mom, I didn't grow up in a Christian household. And, um, and uh, I, I just pretended yeah. until that, that everything was good. Everything was okay. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I've had multiple, you know, when I told people what kind of background I had and that I had been, you know, experienced sexual abuse and things like that as an adult, when they've heard my story, even my best friends hmm. said, why didn't you ever tell us? Wow. Because I was so used to playing the role yeah. that, yeah. you know, I, I, I had been put in these certain circumstances that were really blessings to me, but mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like I could share that with anybody, um, you know, on either, either side of the equation. And until later, until I realized that my, you know, my difficulties were a testimony that yeah. needed to be shared. Yeah. And so, so, so you and your wife sort of gr- struggled with some of that dynamic as you were, as you were growing, yeah. but it sounds like you got to a place where, you you became committed to we that did. discomfort. Right. We did. We tried anyway, and we still struggle with it on a regular basis. Yeah. There's time we're in a we're in a maybe a place of luxury or a unique, wonderful location or whatever, and we'll we'll struggle with it. We'll go. Well, you know, there's people hungry around the world. There's yeah. homeless in our own hometown, and yet we're here and enjoying this. And I don't. We're past the point of feeling guilty about it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't ever mean that it disappears from that conversation in your mind yeah. and in your heart and, yeah. and, and the conversation with God and yeah. with each other. Yeah. Um, and that's healthy. Yes. That's healthy. Well, I find, a, and I don't know, you know, in where I um, have been led to is just being obedient when God says give, Yeah. you just do it. Yes. You know, and yes. so, and then as long as I'm um, there you know, on that. Um, and it does, you know, more often than not, you know, I have an empty wallet because it's like <laughs> whatever cash you had in yeah. there, it's, it's, it's got wings on it, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but he always sends me more. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and that principle, mm-hmm. that generosity principle, I mean, you can't outgive God. No, you can't. And the generosity, um, what, what my wife and I have tried to do is live a life of generosity that also includes relationship. Yeah. So we're not just going to give to the homeless shelter or we're not going to just give to the trafficking program. We want real relationship. Yes, yes. And and that's when our hearts and minds are transformed. Yeah. 
You know, it's um, one of the things we just did a survey of people who give um, to Love Never Fails. And one of the things we found is that I think it was like something like 77 percent of our donors have uh, experienced um, abuse of some oh, kind really? or oh. their or um, hmm. someone they know close to them has mm-hmm. experienced abuse. And so I, you know, I like to think that um, even when people aren't present with with us, they're they feel that they're working on their own, you know, healing right. in the in the giving. But I would so much, like you said, their presence, yeah. you know. So them coming and watching the victory of mm-hmm. one of the survivors when she graduates from this or that, I think that would bring even more healing. That's right. Right? Yeah. And break down those walls we talked about, about the... The, the young woman that didn't know anything about cattle and so forth, yeah. it's because she didn't have any relationship with a farmer somewhere. Right. And so by creating those relationships, everybody wins. Yes. Yeah. But it is, you know, it, it is very awkward, I will say. Yes, it's very it awkward and it's, yeah. and you feel, you've got to come to that with a little bit of um, esteem, you know, with some confidence yeah. that you'll work through it. You've got to know that you'll get to the other side because it, while it's going on, you just feel really strange. You know, there's, it's really hard to find a passage in scripture yeah. where God is talking to somebody and it's not awkward. Yes. Right. Should so, be. I mean, when we have those awkward conversations, I choose to just say, okay, God's in the midst of this. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks Lord. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Okay. So when we come back, we're going to talk uh, for real this time about the cross section of this topic in human trafficking. We're going to take a quick break and thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. Uh, we are in the studio today with Roy Goebel, the author of um, uh, Junkyard Wisdom, as well as his new book, Salvaged. And uh, we're just talking about the cross-section between um sort of this uh the some of the affluence that we have in the bay area in particular and then some of the need right and the vulnerability that is there and and then what we can do uh as we see what is needed and we make a decision and a decision to be present 
And so uh, I wanted to talk a little bit, just kind of sharing in in all transparency, one of my awkward uh, experiences uh, recently. And it wasn't so much awkward as a just... I didn't know how it was going to go. And so recently we, we rescued a, uh, we, we actually didn't perform the rescue this time. It was another agency that rescued some women from a brothel in Milpitas. Hmm. And, um, and um, they asked if we could take one of the women that needed housing. Mm-hmm. And so we took her and she only spoke Mandarin. Mm-hmm. And no one, in, none of our staff sp- spoke, you know, spoke Mandarin. And we do have a 24 by 7 um uh, language translation service that we subscribe to. So we were able to call and if we needed to, but I just knew that we weren't going to be able to really reach her in her heart. If we didn't have, um, uh, people on site Mm -hmm. that spoke her language. And so, um, I was really nervous about taking her because we had never had anyone in our home that spoke absolutely like no English, zero English. Um, and also because she was undocumented and, um, you know, uh, she had been labor and sex trafficked. So there were several elements that were going to create uh, some challenges. Not that we had, we've had many undocumented in our house, but it was just the, the language was really the worry. Yeah. So I reached out to a couple, I re- reached out to venture, uh, to, um, gateway, uh, church, thank you guys so much, and um, the movement church and Berean, and um, and then they reached out to their network, and I'm telling you, within two days, <laughs> Roy, I got 17 volunteers wow. that signed up to come and do shifts in the house. Wow, to to be her translation service, but to be a support system to yeah. her. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, I that made me cry. I just, I, I was just like, yeah. I, I, the response was beautiful. But the second challenge, so I was like, this is my first challenge. The second challenge is most of the women in our program are inner city women that have been exploited. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say 60% of the women that we serve historically are black. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Maybe 30% are Latina and the remainder are white and maybe a few Native American, a few Mm -hmm. Asian, mostly Filipino. So we not had very many Chinese, uh, you know, uh, uh, exploited victims or Mandarin speaking only, you know, none, right, that spoke only Chinese. So uh, I was like, okay, culturally, how are they going to connect? Right. And I was a little nervous about yeah, that. Sure. So the house uh, house mom, um, she has been, um, she has been, uh, she's from the city, from the Bay Area, um, she's African American, and I, and so I con- I con- I connected her and the young lady together, and right away you saw house the house mom trying to make signs signals to her about mm-hmm. how she could eat her food if she wanted, mm-hmm. and she just kept saying in Chinese thank you thank you thank you, and the two of them learned to talk to each other. That's great. It was so awesome to yeah. watch. And, you know, she, you know, um, uh, our house mom, she's like, come here, girl, come here, girl. Let's get in this cabinet. Now you can get some of this rice, get the right, get the rice out, you know, and you can get some of this, you know, this fruit or whatever she's pointing at it. This is for you. She kept, this is for you, you know, and, and she was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And (laughs) it was so sweet. Yeah. 
And even uh, kind of something that hilarious happened is at the end, she made mention to uh, when she transferred to another program, she told her advocate that the house mom was so nice to her and she was so grateful for her. And then I later learned from a few of the ladies in the house that there were a few times when she was getting snippy with her. Uh, our house mom was getting okay. a little snippy because she maybe ate something she didn't want her to eat. Mm-hmm. But there was a miscommunication. Mm-hmm. But to her, just the sharing to the young lady who, who was in the home, just the sharing the food was just an overabundance of hospitality. Right. And so uh, the ladies in our home were like, you know, Tina, you know, she she got an attitude with her a couple of times, but she was just so grateful. She just kept saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so it's those awkward moments yeah. where, you know, um, we, we figure out how mm-hmm. to make it work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the beautiful thing of it was that she was safe. Yep. Yep. And and then these, you know, volunteers came to help. So. You know, have you had some awkward scenarios like that or that, you know, made you feel anxious specifically? And do you write about that in the book? There's a few stories like that in uh-huh. the book, sure. Yeah, yeah. And I've I've, I've done enough international development work and, and my wife and I started a nonprofit called Pathlight that works in Central America. And I've walked through the villages. I've visited the slums all over the world. My daughter actually works in trafficking prevention in northern Thailand. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's... Uh, places I've gone that, that, yeah, they're incredibly awkward. But what you just described yeah. uh, is beautiful because it is an example of the body of Christ working together. Yes. I mean, the churches came together, different people came together, different volunteers came together. There was um, obviously awkwardness and tension at times, yes. but there was this under underlying love throughout the whole experience, it yes. sounds like. Yes. So that's that's a wonderful example of the church at work. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Yeah, it was it was cool. <laughs> um, well, that's wonderful. Well, so so just thinking a little bit more about what's on the horizon uh, for you. So you have you know your nonprofit that's addressing the issue of human trafficking. You've got your books that you're doing. What do you see um, for you and and your family in the coming years? You know, we we um, we did just both my wife and I uh, turned sixty recently, and we're in that decade where you're you're trying to figure it out, right? You're, uh, a friend of mine calls it the third third. You know, the first thirty years, the second thirty years, and the last thirty years, and um, so we are figuring that out. I, there's probably another book in me, um, okay. and and that could happen, but we are really interested in focusing in on this area of um, where generosity. Uh, walks with us in our, our faith mm-hmm. and how generosity can break down the walls we've been talking about today mm-hmm. um, and how to do that in such a way that doesn't create awkwardness yeah. um, or at least minimizes it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know quite what that's looking like yet, yeah. um, but I have been spending some time writing and I've talked to a couple of publishers. So there may be another book, mm-hmm. but our, our ministry in, in, um, in Central America is focused on helping kids uh, get through school uh, and developing them into really faithful followers of Christ that are also extremely well educated. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter's ministry in, in Northern Thailand is working as well. Mm-hmm. So all of that is part of the picture. We're just not quite sure how it all comes together yet. Yeah. So just thinking of your daughter's ministry in, in Northern Thailand, um, uh, she's doing prevention education yep. there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the things I had a really great conversation with a, um, uh, Oakland council member. There's a new council member there um, that's come on and she's interested in doing some work in her district. And 
um, you know, she was talking about doing some prevention education and also some awareness. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about is prevention, especially in inner city or in places where there's high mm. poverty. Mm. Prevention must come with a solution. Yeah. You can't tell people don't don't do right. this if you don't have an alternative. Exactly right. And so is that part of her work to yeah, provide alternatives? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. wonderful. It, it's going into the villages in northern Thailand where trafficking is a major problem. And, okay. and they're providing education and resources and some work development, um, things like that. Awareness building, all of that combined. Awesome. Yeah. That's so important um, because, you know, it's, it's make them aware, yep. give them strategies to prevent being ensnared, and then also give them intervention, if you will, poverty intervention strategies and solutions such as workforce development and education, right? right. Because sometimes poverty is the trafficker. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Um, So, okay. So when we come back, uh, we are going to talk about some things that are going on in the community. Um, I want to make sure everybody um, comes out to join us uh, for our Women Rock IT event that's coming up next uh, Tuesday. And uh, we are excited to um, uh, be a provider of some of those solutions in the local Bay Area. So we want to share that with you. And we'll talk about other things that Roy's got up his sleeve. Thanks so much for (laughs) listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again have been in the studio talking to Roy Goble, who is the author of Salvaged. And we actually have some books that we want to sh- um, uh, send to you. Um, and we just we just ask that you do a couple things. So those of you, most of you know this already, but we do have the Love Never Fails radio uh, Facebook page. And we post all of our uh, speakers. And so we'll have a nice picture up there, Roy. And um, we wanted to hear from you about what you took away from this show. What Was there a nugget that you took? Um, maybe maybe you, you've read the book and you'd like to share a little nugget from the book and then give the book that we send to you uh, to a friend. If you post on the page, uh, the first three people that post, we will send a book to you and I'll just inbox you and and get your uh, your your home address and we'll send it off to you. 
uh, or you can come by our Hayward location and pick it up, whichever you prefer. Uh, but it's a great book, um, and uh, I think you will find uh, a, a several really golden nuggets here, leadership lessons pulled from the junkyard salvaged. So, again, go to our Facebook page, Love Never Fails Radio, and uh, there under Roy's picture, uh, just post a comment of some kind, and we will send out three books to the first three people that post. Thanks so much. Um, also, we have several other things going on in the community that we want to encourage you to get involved in. Uh, we actually, uh, f- for those of you who didn't know uh, or hadn't seen on our page, we had been advertising some computer training, specifically around Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Access, and um, typing and so on. Unfortunately, um, there has been a a change with uh, some of the um, uh, Alameda County funding around WIOA. And so we are shifting away from WIOA funding to a new uh, uh, type of funding. And we do have some classes uh, in Word and also on math basic math classes. And so I want to encourage you to reach out to Miguel. If you're still interested in uh, word classes or math classes, um, we have some available for t- for you right away. And you can reach out to Miguel at Miguel, M-I-G-U-E-L, at loveneverfailsus.com. Also, I um, want to encourage you to join us um, today. Um, we are participating in a uh, an event called Praise Magnum Force. And it is a praise dance event to raise money for uh, the building of a primary school for children in Ghana. And uh, one of my good friends, Anana, who works over at EOYDC, brought this to my attention that she had this burning desire to do this for these young, young, young uh, children in Ghana. Uh, She's trying to raise $6,000 for uh, this school. And so if you would join us today, um, you can... Right after this program, hop over there. It's at Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, School in Hayward, and it'll be going until 5 o'clock today. Um, and then, of course, uh, we want to invite you out for our event um, on the 22nd, um, which is next Tuesday. It is Women Rock IT. It is a Cisco uh, streaming event where it's a watch party. So we're going to watch two young uh, women uh, talk about how the IT, they're using IT to transform the world. And then we're going to have some local speakers. We're going to have a, a manager from Cisco who looks after the distribution world. And she, her name is Brooke Langer. She's going to come and speak about her role. We're also going to have a um, a member of our strategic uh, leadership team, uh, Maxine Janes, is going to come out. And then we have the um, the president of the Cybersecurity Club of, from Granada High School, Ride Sheth, is going to be there. And he's going to be talking about a new introductory class that he's going to roll out. Actually, we just received funding. Uh, Love Never Fails is going to be in um, Contra Costa County in three cities, um, starting with Antioch. We're going to be rolling out these introduction to cybersecurity and programming classes out there. Um, And the whole point is to expose uh, young people in particular to the tech world and get more young people from the inner city involved in tech. Um, so uh, we really appreciate your support in that regard. And um, 
And is there anything else, Roy, that we should uh, that you'd like uh, uh, to mention? Any uh, book signing or events you have going on in the community? No, nothing coming up right away. But thanks for having me here and having the the book focus. Um, it was fun. It was great. Yeah. Very generous of you. Thanks. Oh, of course. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And once again, you have the opportunity to win one of Roy's books uh, on our Facebook page. And so that's Love Never Fails Radio. Uh, you can also learn more about what we're doing in the way of housing, in the way of workforce development, and in the way of mentoring and prevention education on our website, which is loveneverfailsus.com. Um, oh, and one more thing. We're going to be in Mexico. Yay. Um, the At the end of the month, we're going to be participating in Cisco Live and presenting, um, doing an awareness event there. So if you're going to be at Cisco Live, we'll be there. Come to our breakout on the 30th of October. That's the last event I can think of. Um, But I I just want to thank you all for listening in. And, of course, we want to make sure that if you haven't heard it before, maybe you need to hear it again. I know I always do. Uh, We want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.